0: Hey, welcome to Doing Life with Ken
1: and Tabitha. We
0: are so pumped that you're tuning into this podcast. It has been designed for people just like you. We want to do life with you, share our wins, our defeats, our ups and our downs in hopes that you'll grow closer to God and to the people that you love in your life. Sit back and enjoy today's podcast. But before I get there, I wanted to take a moment just to invite our audience out to a live conference. And so every year in October, the second week in October, we have a special conference that we call a live conference. Mm -hmm. And this is what we say, that these three days... Could change the next 30 years of your life Our goal is to try to give people At least four times mm. The amount that they invested in a ticket We're going to have Seven main sessions this year Six master classes Three after parties But one encounter with God mm. And I believe that one encounter with God Is what it's all about
1: It's so good AC23 mm-hmm. You know there are certain things That we do every year Like as believers Like mm-hmm. um, I fast I, I do like major fasts A couple times a year mm-hmm. Um Um, You know, sometimes there's certain books of the Bible I'll study, you know, there's a word of the year, but then something else that we do every year, and that is a conference. AC23 is that conference. It's that encounter, like you're saying, where you just like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all day, every day, you are like enveloped Mm -hmm. in the presence of God, Mm -hmm. just daring to go beyond your own personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. And
0: we're going to be doing a special session on marriage there. It's Mm going to be Ken and Tabitha. um, I think we're calling it um, Unfiltered. And so you really, what is that
1: like? Uh, You
0: got to come. We're
1: already unfiltered. If if you're
0: interested with getting more information about our conference, check out the website, mylifechurch.org. And um, you can also check it out in the show notes. I think there's a link to that as well. You got to get your tickets now because it is going to be a sold out event. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. Tabitha. We're excited that you're joining our episode today. Um, Are you ready for today, sweetheart? Absolutely. Man, we got some great things to share with our audience Mm -hmm. today. I'm so excited. We're getting so much great feedback from people Mm -hmm. that lives are being changed, not Mm -hmm. just in the United States, but around the world. And thank God for the medium. Um, How do you feel about it? I'm just pumped.
1: I am just thrilled that some of the challenges and things that we've gone through in our lives Uh can be a blessing for someone else. It's just like, you know, when you win, when you figure it out, let's go and tell someone else so they don't have to do what you did.
0: And really, that's all we want to do. We call it doing life with Ken and Tabitha because we're going to share with you the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. And hopefully you can learn, our audience can learn some things by our successes, but more so by our failures Mm. of what to do and what not to do. Um, Today's episode is, I'm pumped for it, it's called Kingdom Builders. Mm. Kingdom Builders. Kingdom. The godly purpose for building wealth. And um, we're going to dive into it today because this is a passion for ours. You know, faith is a passion. Yes. You know, family is a passion for Mm -hmm. ours. And also finances Mm -hmm. is a passion for for ours, probably because when we first got married, we had absolutely no money. Our needs had needs. We struggled financially, but we learned biblical principles, Mm -hmm. principles from God's word that caused us to move from lack to abundance, Mm -hmm. from a place of not having anything to a place of being able to be blessed to be a blessing. And these principles are universal and they can work for anybody who will work the word. And so I don't know. Share a little bit about where we were. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: you said we had no money and you were right. Uh And so when we first met, we were in college and no, no college student has money. I mean, Uh um, and so we were in college, but then, you know, me, I was born and raised in the projects. Uh Um, I didn't know anything about savings, inheritance. I didn't know, I didn't have a bank account, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, or you know, young in age, I eventually got a bank account, but I didn't know how to manage a bank account. Back in the day, we wrote checks. I didn't know how to write checks. I didn't know how to pay my bills. Like I was completely ignorant. And and you tell jokes about this all the time, and it is funny now, but it wasn't funny back then. I owed everyone, uh-huh. just because, I don't know, I just thought that bills would just, like you didn't have to pay people. It, or I don't even know, I don't even think I checked the mail to see if I had a bill or something. I just don't even know what my mindset was.
0: So you would go out and you would spend money. Yeah. And not feel like you had to pay it back?
1: Well, I would feel like I had to pay it back, but I didn't have like an awareness. Uh-huh. So I would write a check. Okay. Uh-huh. And I would, so to me, like I paid for it. I wrote that check, but then I didn't balance my checkbook. Uh-huh. So because I wasn't a steward over looking at the numbers, I could have been off by like a penny. Uh-huh. But now I, you know, I have fee after fee after fee yeah. and then I would get into yeah, I remember more those
0: debt. Days, it was almost like you would get a fee and then you would get more fees and Then you get $35, then you get $35, then you get $35, and then you end up owing a couple hundred dollars just because you didn't know how to balance your checks.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, you know, I know a lot of people out there are just struggling financially. Mm -hmm. Maybe they come from a background similar to yours where nobody ever taught them how to steward what they have. Or maybe there's people who have a lot of money who's mm-hmm. listening to this, but they haven't given their money a godly purpose. Oh yeah. And they are working just for new vacations, homes and cars, but they're still unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. So whether you what whatever side of the spectrum you're on, I believe we're gonna share some things with you today that will give you like um godly purposes Absolutely. for the money that God puts in your life. Mm-hmm. Um and this is just a passion of ours. Uh, one reason is is because financial problems are one of the major problems in marriage. Yeah. Um. You know, sex, intimacy, communication, financial problems. And for us, when we first got married, we had over hundred thousand dollars of debt. And I'm not talking about um, house loans, like appreciating assets. I'm talking about you know um, student loans, credit card loans, yeah, um, bad debt, um, things that we owed over hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. In a new marriage, and I remember it was so. Um, tough that I would wake up in the middle of the night crying Mm -hmm. sometimes because I just felt suffocated right? and I didn't see how to get out.
1: Well, because we go to college, Uh right? I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was so proud of it. But I went to college and after I graduated, I went to get a job and you think, okay, I have a job now. Now I'm going to prosper and thrive. Uh But that wasn't so because we had so many bills. Now we have to pay back the student loans Um, and we didn't have like a nest egg Uh to get started on in the first place. We just started off mm-hmm. in a rough place, mm-hmm. like shock. Mm-hmm. We think we're going to graduate college and everything's going to be great because we're going to get a job. And that that's not the case for many people. Right,
0: right. So for us, I remember um, the first year of our marriage, our combined income was probably about $10,000 for mm-hmm. the year. Um, I remember the first rental home that we had as a married couple was $350 a month. And I kind of struggled to pay that. Uh-huh. You know, it was tough to pay $350. i am just painting a clear picture of where we were. Wow. Um, I remember the first job that you had out of college was actually, um, we moved from West Virginia over to Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. area. And you got a job... Um, all commission selling postage machines
1: going from business to business, uh-huh. business selling to business. postage stamps
0: yeah and it was all commission it
1: lasted about 3 weeks yeah.
0: and <laughs> and you sold things but then when you came to get paid the lady kind of stiffed me. you stiffed you of money mm-hmm. and that's just where we were um, I remember going out, and I was in real estate, and so I remember feeling like I had to buy a laptop, mm-hmm. or I had to buy a cell phone, I had to buy these, make these $1,000 investments to be good in business, but actually, I was just getting more and more in debt. Um, I remember the first apartment we had after we moved from West Virginia to Washington, D.C., um, was a one-bedroom apartment that had roaches and mice, mm. and um, you know, I always joke about how the freaks come out at night, well, the roaches and the mice uh-huh. do, too. And so I remember coming home and seeing you standing up on the couch because you know there were rodents. mouse
1: was in the house. Yeah, there
0: was rodents and critters all over the place. You know, and so we know what it's like to have like humble beginnings, mm-hmm. and we also know what it's like to come to the place of abundance. Yeah, you know, four or five years into our marriage, mm-hmm. um, we really learned the principles that we're going to share with people on today, yeah. and they are godly, biblical principles yeah. for kingdom builders. And we probably our income by fifth year of marriage was seven hundred. $50,000 for the mm-hmm. year And to some people That's a lot To some people That's not a lot at all But for us You might as well Have Come shot on. me to the moon I mean <laughs> For me to be In my mid-20s Making $700,000 mm-hmm. a year um, And our company Probably owned mm-hmm. $5 million or so Worth and of assets And this is like
1: 20 years ago now
0: Yeah uh-huh, That we were flipping And that mm-hmm. we were renovating um, To see how God And I say God Because I do believe There is an anointing yeah. For us to Do well financially Because God would speak to me And 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 say, hey, go buy this house. And I'm I'm talking about houses that I hadn't even seen yet. Mm -hmm. And he would speak to me, meaning that he wants to help us move our finances from where it is to where he wants it to be if we can have – a kingdom purpose for it. And
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of believers don't know. They don't know that, you know, that the kingdom mentality, the kingdom mindset, that Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Uh-huh. What does the abundant life look like to you? Abundance of peace, abundance of health, right. abundance of joy, but abundance of wealth right. that we can have our needs met. Right. It's sad if we don't have enough money to go to the doctor when we need to go to the doctor. It's sad if we don't have Enough mm-hmm. money to put our kids in the school that we want them to go to.
0: Well, the problem is, is in Christendom altogether. There are so many um, different teachings. Mm-hmm. You have some people that are so hyper prosperity, mm-hmm. and then you have people that are so anti prosperity mm-hmm. that people aren't looking to God's word, right? And you have and we people throw the
1: bat ba- the the, the yes. baby out with the bathwater. You, you have
0: some people that are so like. Um, They take vows of poverty. So Mm -hmm. they say, well, Jesus was poor, so I'm going to be poor as well. Mm -hmm. So their brand of Christianity is that I'm supposed to have nothing and do nothing and be like a modern-day martyr. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the Bible, it it says that Jesus was rich but became poor so that we through his poverty might be rich. And actually sometimes we're trying to do something and pay a price that Jesus already paid for us. And I think when you really look at it as a pure heart, I'm not talking about through legalism. I'm not talking about through your denominational lens or what somebody taught you about poverty and wealth. When you just look at it like I did, I looked at the Bible as a businessman, Mm -hmm. not as a pastor, as someone who is in love with Jesus, Mm -hmm. in love with his kingdom, who just said, I have a problem. Does the Bible have a solution? And I studied biblical finances from Genesis to Revelation, and I found out that a lot of what you hear out there is hogwash. It's it's complete nonsense. And there is an anointing for us to succeed. It's an anointing for us to be blessed, to be a blessing. Um, There's a covenant of wealth in Deuteronomy 818. Um, There's so many things that we can share, but... um, somebody's going to go I, from here to there today. I, I believe. Come
1: that. on. It, it's good. <laughs> I, I just want to throw a piece of the hogwash out there that yeah. I heard all my life and uh-huh. I'm not, I wasn't a believer. I didn't get saved until I Bring was tw- hogwash, 23 girl. years old. Uh-huh. Well, you know, money is the root to all evil. Right,
0: right, right. <laughs> but the Bible doesn't say that it says that the love of money,
1: the love of money is the root to is all the evil. root to all. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Cause
0: what we've learned is that money is immoral. It mm. is neither good nor bad until it's in the hand of the possessor. Mm. If you give a drug dealer money, He'll buy more drugs. You give me money, we'll build orphanages and more churches and more hospitals. And, and that's so, what the
1: kingdom is about. You want to build the kingdom.
0: Yeah. And so unfortunately, people take part of a scripture and then they almost say it because that's what they heard, the love of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, money is the root to all evil. No, um, it's the love of money, mm-hmm. the lust of money, the greed of money, the serving money, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And so um, let, let's start off with this. How would you define a kingdom builder? Mm.
1: How would I define a kingdom builder? I don't know. Um, I would define, let's see, um, I would call myself a big kingdom builder. Uh-huh. I would say a kingdom builder is a believer with a mindset to, um, I don't know, use mm-hmm. your talent, treasure, your gifts mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God, to build the kingdom of God. I mean, mm-hmm. build the church, Okay. build God's people, uh-huh. build orphanages, okay. build schools.
0: Build the okay. kingdom. Okay. A little like
1: that. Okay. That is what we call a hot flash. <laughs> Can I please have a paper towel, Jose? But we're going to
0: keep on going. No. This is
1: what we call a hot flash. Uh-huh. Okay. And lately they have been turned up.
0: Yeah. Why And is that? I
1: could, I don't, you know why? You. Because, you know, okay. So I have to say it now. Okay. So I'm in menopause. Uh-huh. It's early for me to be in menopause, but because of fighting cancer and overcoming cancer, it was re- recommended that I have a hysterectomy. So I have this hysterectomy. And now I'm in this menopause and I'm like sweating and it's crazy. Right. And I gained this weight, but I decided to do this keto diet, which is supposed to help me lose weight and be good for menopause. But let me tell you, I am sweating <laughs> like I have never sweat before, but okay. I'm not going to let it bother me. All right. We're going to keep on. Rolling. We're going to keep it rocking. Praise the Lord.
0: I would define a kingdom builder. And I'm just going to throw a definition Mm -hmm. out there as someone who feels called to build wealth Mm -hmm. and then to use a portion Mm. of the wealth to build the kingdom of God. Mm. So good. Let me say it again. Someone who feels called to build wealth but then use a portion of that wealth to build the kingdom of God. Now, before me and you were pastors and we've been pastors now for 16 years mm-hmm. and there's nothing else that I would rather do. Mm-hmm. But before we were pastors, we were kingdom builders. Yes. And actually I never thought that I would be a pastor. Right. I mean, it's almost the haha of God. And I know you didn't grow up in church at all.
1: We don't have pastors in our families. I mean, we do now. <laughs> well, Uncle yeah. Greg is a pastor uh-huh. now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But when um, both of my parents are school teachers, mm-hmm. retired school teachers. And, um, so, um, I always wanted to be a business guy. Mm -hmm. And so when I came through school, I have a business degree and I always wanted to own multiple businesses, gas stations, restaurants, just, I was always entrepreneurial. Uh I can give you story after story, even in middle school about, we didn't have a lot of money, but I would, I had a tie dye t-shirt business. Mm. I had a hot dog sale business. I would cut grass. I would shovel snow. I mean, I learned work, work ethic, middle school. That's how I made money. Okay And so it was really just the humor of God for him to take all of my business training and say, "I'm not calling you just a business, I'm calling you to my business." So He's calling me not just the business but the kingdom business.
1: But there are so many people who are like you. Uh-huh. they feel called to build and to make businesses and to make money. Uh-huh. But really that call is hidden behind the call to build the kingdom. Yeah. And uh, when you were saying that, I'm reminded of David when he was in the field, he was out with the sheep. Uh-huh. He was fighting the lion and the bear. And all of those things were preparing him to be the king. Mm -hmm. And as you were selling hot dogs and all of the things that you were doing, it was preparing you to be a kingdom builder. But there are so many men and women out there Mm -hmm.
0: just like you. They've been called to build a kingdom. I think what I would want kingdom builders to know is that um, that position is so important Mm -hmm. in the kingdom of God. Um, I remember going to radio stations back in the day and I was trying to negotiate us coming on the radio and they would want me to pay up front and um, almost like they didn't trust pastors. Wow. And one guy said, it's because pastors, they pray, but don't, but don't pay. Mm. And I know that's not for all pastors, but that Mm -hmm. had been their experience. Meaning that we're real spiritual people, but we don't have any money. Come on. And I think that's kind of bad advertisement for Christendom that we can fast, we can pray, we can do all of the spiritual things, but we don't have resources. There's a scripture that says that the children of this world are more wise in their generation than the children Mm -hmm. of light. Because there's a lot of people, they love Jesus, but they don't know how to steward the resources. Then there are people who don't believe in God at all, but they have great wealth because they're not looking to God. They're looking to just be wise with Mm. what's in the earth. And I believe that we as Christians should not just have the supernatural, but the natural, the natural and the supernatural, because when you are really good with stewarding money, and you also have an anointing for it. That's when you can build something that has an eternal value.
1: And I think it's important that we understand the Word of God. Right. The Word of God, I mean, the the, the book of um, uh, the the book of wisdom. You mm-hmm. know, Solomon talking about proverbs. all of these wi- uh, proverbs. Uh-huh. I couldn't remember proverbs. Um, <laughs> Solomon talking about um, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The Bible says that we 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 are destroyed. God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right. a lack of understanding that we just don't know stuff. Right. And I think so many times. Sometimes, you know, it's good to go to school and get an education, and it's good to, you know, get all of these resources and books and stuff. But really, uh-huh. you can find what you need to find in the Bible and the Word of God when it comes to wisdom, knowledge, and understanding.
0: As a side note, I think I read a book a while ago, and I think it was called Millionaire Next Door. Mm. And do you know that the average millionaire in America is not a tech guru or an athlete? Mm. It's just a plumber or an electrician yes. who got good at their trade. It's um, an air-conditioned man who built a couple of offices and got a few trucks and then just stewarded his business well or stewarded their business well. And I I believe that's a word for somebody who's listening to this right now. You don't have to be six foot nine and a basketball player or be in Mm -hmm. the NFL or NBA. You just need to be able to have a lifetime plan, like a 20, 30-year plan, and an industry that can give you the space and to be able to live beneath your means and understand compound interest to get somewhere to be able to leave an inheritance. Mm. But anyway, let's go back to the definition. So a kingdom builder is someone who feels called to build wealth and then use a part of that wealth to build the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started off as kingdom builders before we were pastors. And truthfully, if you cut me, I'm still a kingdom builder. Mm. Um, and when it comes to like gift assessments, I'm always really high in faith mm-hmm. and I'm always really high in generosity. Yeah. So our giving probably averages around 20% right now. Over the last 19 years, um, we've given as low as 12%, -hmm. but up to 34% of our income away because we're kingdom builders. We don't want to just make money for homes, cars, vacations, um, natural things. We want to see people come into the kingdom. And so that's not how we started. So where we started was $100,000 of debt, Um, Our needs had needs. We had more month than money. But in 2001, everything changed for us, and it was around September. And I remember coming to a church where the pastor taught us financial principles of generosity. As a 23, probably, I think, year old man, I decided to start giving God 20% of my Mm -hmm. income. Not saying that you have to do that. I believe in the tithe, which is 10% and an offering that's everything, anything above that. But I said, I tried to rest. Mm -hmm. It's time for me to try the best. And for the first six months, it was hard. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was like the devil was attacking me. I had somebody steal $25,000 from me, a broker who I changed brokerages and they didn't let my commission come with me. But I would not stop standing on God's word. Yeah. And after six months, breakthrough has happened. And this is what I've seen over the last 20 years yeah. for us. It doesn't matter who the president is, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat in office, yeah. whether it's a recession or depression or inflation, I've never seen the righteous forsaken mm. or the seed begging bread that I've seen God provide for us as Jehovah Jireh, all kinds of different ways. It's not like life has been perfect, yes. but we don't have money issues. We haven't had a credit card in over 13, 14 years, Mm -hmm. your credit score is over 800 minus probably high 700s. We have buying power, we're able to save, we're able to invest. And we haven't really, because we've given our life to the priesthood, meaning that we've given our life to the ministry, we're living much lower than our skill set would say. You know, I just now kind of got back into flipping a house here and there just as a hobby. And it's amazing how easy it is to make money with a certain skill set. But I said, you know what, God, I've kind of put that on hold for about 15 years. I have a green light to kind of get back into it a little bit. And that's what I say. If you cut me, I'm still kind of a kingdom builder. But I want to position, not just me, but my kids and our kids to -hmm. be able to say, if God says do this or God says go, Mm -hmm. we can obey him because we're living out of abundance.
1: That's so good. Good. And I love what you said. I, I remember being back then. I mean, we weren't pastors. We I didn't even know that I had a call on my life at that point. I was just going to church and eating up the Word like uh-huh. for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just like growing off of the Word of God. But it, it brought me such purpose uh-huh. to know that I could build God's kingdom. Yeah. And I've heard you explain this before, and I I want you to say it really um, quickly. The relationship between the priest Uh and... The, the king. Yeah. And we recognized and identified ourselves as kings in the earth in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like we owned businesses, mm-hmm. we would go out, we would make money, and then we would take this money and we would take a portion of it and give it to the kingdom. And mm-hmm. that's how we would help build. Mm-hmm. I found such fulfillment in that.
0: Yeah. It's just the teaching of principles called kings and priests. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was in business, I looked at myself as a king. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm in ministry, I look at myself as a priest. But the key is that Kings need priests and priests need kings. Mm -hmm. It is a divine connection that we are to help one another get the gospel to the nations. Mm -hmm. And so the kings are the people who go out and they wage war through business, entrepreneurship, their profession, their career, and they bring the spoil into the house of God. The priests are the ones who cover the kings, pray for the kings, disciple the kings. They handle the ministry, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And the ministry is limited without kings Okay. Mm. And, um, the, the, the ministry of the Kings is natural and fleshy without the priest, Mm. meaning that if you go out and you're just making money just to make money without an EROI, which is an eternal return on investment, Mm. well then you're not fulfilling your complete God purpose. So Kings need priests and priests need Kings. So good. So, but I want to jump into, into a little bit of Bible today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because when it comes to, um, the purpose of wealth. Okay. When it comes to um, kingdom finances, there is so much noise and there's too much noise. And if you're going to be good at this, you got to shut off the noise. You got to look in the word of God for yourself. And that's what I did. And yeah. so I kind of want to take people on a journey Absolutely. that I went through over 20 years ago as a business person. And here's a few scriptures. I want you to tell me what you get out of these. Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy 8:18. 8, it says, and you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So Deuteronomy 18 Mm. says that God actually gives you the power to get wealth, Mm. the power the ability to get it. Yeah. What sticks out to you?
1: Um, I loved it. He gives you the power to get with wealth so that he may establish his covenant. He's already made covenant with our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the seed of Abraham. I am one of those stars in the sky. When God said, look up at the stars, Uh you you know, your children are going to be in this number. That's me. And so when I read the scripture, I Uh see myself and find myself in this scripture. Uh And um, it's an honor that God wants to use me. Uh-huh. I've made this covenant, mm-hmm. and I want to establish it through you. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the power to get wealth. Uh-huh. Now, what that told me as a person from the projects, a person who you know, really didn't have a lot of principles that the Bible taught, mm-hmm. um, is that I can't sit on the couch and just think that wealth is going to come to me. Okay. God's given me the power to get it. If I don't use the power, I'm not going to get it. I have to get up and do something. I got to get an education. I got to make the right relationships. I got to get the right experience. There's something that I need to do.
0: Yeah, I love this because this is like a complete diffusing to the people who feels like, you can't have wealth. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like there is just groups of people, they love God, but it's not according to knowledge, mm. a lot of it. It's almost like if you have wealth, you're a sinner, you're evil, you're fleshy, you're natural, you're bad. Yeah. But why would God give you the power to get something that he does not want you to have? Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 8.18 is one proof text that lets us know that God actually desires us to have wealth Yeah. as long as wealth doesn't have us. Here's the key that God doesn't mind us having money Mm -hmm. as long as money doesn't have us. From Genesis, to revelation, you never see a scripture that says you should not have money. Mm -hmm. What it says is that you shouldn't trust in uncertain riches. You shouldn't lust for money, love money, serve money, covet after money or be greedy for money. But it never says don't have it. Mm -hmm. That is, see, the devil is the only one that will want the born again believer not to have money because he understands that it takes money to do to mm-hmm. do ministry and mm-hmm. to reach people. And so what, what this scripture says to me is that God is going to give me the power. Now, this word power is a divine enablement mm-hmm. to be able to get wealth or to get money with a mission, mm-hmm. all right? Not just to be blessed, to be, but to be blessed to be a blessing. I love it.
1: It's so good. Yeah, and I view, I view money as a resource. Uh-huh. And so um, the earth is got the Lord's and the fullness therein, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. jewels, diamonds, stones, iron, copper, I mean, whatever it is mm-hmm. that is a resource, it is the Lord's. And yeah. so money, it's the Lord's. It's if you Lord's. put it in my hand, I'm going to do good with it.
0: Yeah. How about this one? Psalms 35, 27. Y'all listen to this one. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause mm. and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Wow. So Psalms 35 actually says that God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Uh, what sticks out to it you? It only makes
1: <laughs> sense. He's Abba Father. He's Elohim. He is our God in he- uh-huh. our Father in Heaven. Uh-huh. If if we <laughs> get pleasure out of our children prospering, yeah. how much more should He be? have pleasure from us prospering. He doesn't want us sick, broke, busted, and disgusted, the way we used to say. (laughs) Why would that bring him pleasure?
0: I mean, there's just so many different places I can go with this, but I just want to help somebody who's listening Mm -hmm. because prosperity is not a bad word. Mm -hmm. Now, we live in a time where people are coining like the prosperity gospel, the prosperity gospel. Um, I never from Genesis or Revelation see the word prosperity used in a negative connotation or with a negative tone. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, I think I understand, though, if I was just trying to be understandable what people mean, I think that they have seen some people. Um, do things that seems maybe ungodly for the sake of money, Mm -hmm. or they have put too much of an emphasis on material things, Mm -hmm. earthly things.
1: And we've seen um, famous pastors Uh or ministers who have been in the news and went to jail and, you know, because they had so much money and, Uh
0: Or maybe abused. But but let's talk about that for a second, mm-hmm. because when we say we've seen that, we only know a handful. Yeah, I mean, I can go back through um, the PTL, the the 80s, the 90s, mm-hmm. um, even today. I, may, I might know five, six, seven maybe, Yeah, but I know thousands of pastors around the how world. Many, no, how no, many listen, churches I know are in each city? I know pastors in India. I know pastors in Africa. Oh my I know gosh. pastors in Australia. I got a friend of mine that right now um, lives in the orphanage that's a mm-hmm. part of his church in India that mm-hmm. we support monthly. Um there are thousands of integrable character, loving good God, good pastors. And, women. and sometimes what we're doing is we're taking the five, six, mm-hmm. or seven examples that have fallen mm-hmm. and trying to uphold that as a standard. And that ain't a standard at all. Matter right. of fact, I don't even know them people. So the majority of who I know are people that really love God and they're not stealing anything. They're not doing anything that's corrupt. And I just think that that's important to say. It is. But anyway, so Psalms 35 says that he takes Take pleasure, pleasure in the prosperity of of his servant. And I I mean, I've studied this word. I mean, before I was a pastor, I understand it was it first started off as a term that meant a successful journey, but then it kind of came over into um, success in every area of life. So our Mm -hmm. marriage is a prosperous marriage. Our church is a prosperous church. Mm -hmm. When when you're cancer free, you have prosperity in your Mm -hmm. body, but we also want prosperity as it relates to our finances. Absolutely. And I think the key is that God actually takes pleasure in it. So even when other people don't take pleasure in it and they want to talk it down, it's something that God takes pleasure in. So he takes pleasure when we succeed and when we do well, when we are blessed to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Anything else jump out to you?
1: Um, I just, you know, when it comes to finances and pleasure, uh-huh. I just saw like, you know, as money is going into your bank account, uh-huh. like I bless my bank account. The Bible yeah. says that, um, that your storehouses will be blessed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when I'm praying prayers over our house and stuff, I, bank our, I bless our bank accounts, uh-huh. our food pantries my cupboards in the kitchen, my clothing closets. Like, you know, these are all of my storehouses yeah, and God so takes good. pleasure when they are full and in abundance. So but I just think like we can call on, like when uh-huh. you receive a paycheck, uh-huh. it's it, whether how large or how small it is, God takes pleasure in that. Yeah. But Lord, this is what I have received. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for this. Take pleasure oh, oh. in this.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say to those of you all who are listening, watching, not to reject prosperity. Mm-hmm but to accept it mm-hmm. as something that's biblical, something that's godly, mm-hmm. something that is a blessing from the Lord. And I would also encourage you that if you um listen or watch things that talk about prosperity negatively, you want to be very careful because um, Jesus's words are spirit and life, and there is a poverty mindset that can be kind of imparted. Mm. There is a um, a shortage mindset that can be imparted. Yeah. There is a mindset of lack and self martyrdom that can be imparted, mm-hmm. and you don't want that because they don't come from the body. Absolutely, and that's all I can say about
1: yeah. that. Yeah, can mm-hmm. can we talk about that? That sure. that mindset, yeah. because that's a mindset that I had, and I didn't know that I have it had it. I used to think that people who had a lot of money were rich. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, greedy Mm -hmm. and mean and Mm -hmm. cruel. And all they did was think about themselves and they had all of their rich things while all of the good poor people were down here suffering. I mean, that was my mindset. And um, that doesn't get you anywhere.
0: All right. Well, Proverbs 10, says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And I mean, we could go on and on through scriptures, but these are just some of the ones that I kind of cut my teeth on over the years, that the blessing of the Lord, it makes you rich yes. and it adds no sorrow with it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of rich people, um, whether they be famous in Hollywood, famous people, that they're rich, but they have sorrow. Yeah, They're rich, but they have divorce. Mm-hmm. They're rich, but they have children on drugs. They're rich, but they have fear. They're rich, but they yeah. have sorrow. Yeah, But the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, but it addeth no sorrow, meaning that you can have Substance, but you can also have peace. Mm -hmm. You can have substance, but you can have the joy of the Lord. You can have substance, but you can also have eternal life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you. I think the blessing of the Lord is available for every born again believer.
1: Absolutely. There will
0: always be some who reject it, but I believe that there are people who are listening and watching that are like, man, that's for me. I want the blessing of the Lord, for it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow. Amen. I mean, we can go through so many examples of people that. I mean, uh, let's do this. This is what I've learned, all right? Um, Number one, it takes money to reach people, okay? Um, It takes money to reach people. Mm -hmm. Um, The devil knows that. Um, We know that. Um, So I I believe that God wants us in the position where it's not like all of God's people to come to church because they need, they need, they need, they need, they need. Uh I think the best thing is when we can come to church or go into the community and meet needs, meet needs, meet needs, meet needs, Mm -hmm. meet needs. Number two, money is immoral. Okay, that means that it's neither good or bad until it's in the hand of the possessor. Okay, Um, just like a brick, a brick is immoral. Um, You give one person a brick, they're gonna throw it through a window. You give another person a brick, they're gonna build a hospital. It's immoral until it's in the hand of the possessor. Okay, this is what we've learned. Number three, it's not sinful or fleshy to make money. Okay, Um, or leave an inheritance. Matter of fact, the Bible actually suggests that we should do that. It says that a good man leaves an inheritance. To his kids' kids, okay? And so it's important for us to steward our lives Mm -hmm. while in the earth to not just be able to leave them debt and bills, but to leave them an inheritance, yes Um, financial, emotional, and spiritual inheritance, all right? This is what we've learned. God is looking for people who love him and are actually good with money, Mm. okay? Um, He's looking for people that love him and are good with money. And that's why um, I believe there are people who are watching this. This is not by accident that they're hearing this God is looking for people that love him and are good with money that know how to steward well and we've also learned that there is an anointing for wealth production okay a supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit we've seen it in our lives time and time again where the Holy Spirit says do this invest here go here liquidate this get out of this get into that that is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit so good all right and so what do we do All right. Um, I think we need to renounce poverty. Mm -hmm. We need to renounce poverty. We just need to be like, I'm done with a poverty mindset and I'm done with that spirit.
1: Yeah. Ask the you know, the Holy Spirit can help you. Uh I remember praying like even now, Holy Spirit, help me have the right perspective Uh when it comes to finances and how I should steward my money. How do I teach this to my kids? How do I make sure that, you know, our daughter who's going to college, how do I make sure she doesn't get out there and do the same things that I've done? Right.
0: All right. Um, number two, we got to renew our mind with the word of God, mm-hmm. you know? And so, for me, coming from a, a Protestant mainline denominational church, I had a perspective that I had to now mm. look at God's word for myself and exchange wrong thinking for right thinking yes. and to renew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there are many people here that they have debt and they have financial lack. Well, they have a love of money because they have not renewed their mind concerning that. You can only do that by studying the word. Um, Number three, give your work a redeemed purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay, kind of this is what we can do. Um, uh, So for me, as an entrepreneur, um, I think people make a disconnect between what they do Monday through Friday And what they do on Sunday. And there are many people who come to church or go to a mass on Sunday, but that does not affect what they do Monday through Friday. And so a kingdom builder is a person who redeems Monday through Friday. Mm. They're basically saying that what I do, I'm not just doing for a new Tesla, a new phone and private education for my kids. I'm working Monday through Friday to bring people into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So it is the transition Um, And actually, this is number four. We are going to upgrade from producing an ROI to an EROI. An ROI is a return on investment. And most people are in the marketplace for an ROI. We have something that's better. It's called an EROI. It is an eternal return on investment. Mm. Okay, And sometimes it doesn't mean that it's your stock or your mutual funds that are going to come back at a certain percentage rate right now. But it's lives that will be forever ever and eternally changed. So kingdom builders are looking to make not an ROI, but an EROI. What
1: are you doing for eternity?
0: Right. Um, What do we do? We move from being an owner to a steward Mm -hmm. from just having um, an, I mean, an, an, This is my money, my house, my, my, my savings to know this is God's.
1: Everything I have is yours, Lord's. Yeah.
0: So you got to move your mindset to the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So a kingdom builder mentality starts off with stewardship, that what I have is not mine. So if God asks me to give the shirt off my back, I'm Mm going to give it because it's not mine. If God asks me to go out and give my car out of the driveway, I'm going to give it because it's not mine. And I think that's where so many people fail because they look at what they have. Well, I've worked hard for this. And they feel as an owner instead of a steward. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we transition to a steward, that's when God can really use us. Mm. Okay. Um, Number six, how do we do this? I would say set a limit on how much is enough. Um, I'm getting this from the CEO of Hobby Lobby wrote a book. And Hobby Lobby is one of the most profitable businesses in America. And he said that one thing that he did as a man who had great wealth is that he set a limit on how much wealth is enough for him personally, Mm. meaning that everything over this limit, I'm giving it all away. And I think that you should start that in the beginning. Like, is a million dollars enough for us? Uh Is two million dollars enough? It's $5 million because we do have a limit, Yeah, you know, because at a certain place, you're just accumulating to accumulate. And I think it's important to set a limit to say, okay, well, I'm good at my limit. Now, everything that God does, I'm going to make a kingdom impact. I'm going to build from that place. And that's when really, you know, I always heard that, you know, God can get it to you if he can get it through you. Amen. And when God has a person like that, that's like, I've already reached my limit now. One hundred percent of everything that comes my way. Oh, yeah.
1: I strive for that day yeah. where I have, you know, everything. I have the inheritance yeah. for our children that's yeah. set up. The inheritance for our grandchildren that's already set up. I'm already debt free. Oh. I already have things working. But now everything I get yeah. can go to the Lord. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um, what else do we do? Um, I wrote this down. Partner with your pastor. You know, find a man or woman of God who has big vision from God mm-hmm. and help them make that vision come to pass. Amen. And I think it's partnership. I think many times the enemy allows us to live in iso where it's like you got the Clater kingdom, you got the Smith kingdom, the Johnsons got the Johnson kingdom, the Lopez has got the Lopez kingdom. Mm-hmm. But in the kingdom of God, what we're saying is um, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. Yeah. We is bigger than me. And so I want to find a church a ministry, an organization that's making a kingdom um, impact, and I want to partner with that pastor. I yes. want to partner with those anointed people to help get their message out. And as I do that, I'm going to be a partaker of the grace that's on that house. And I'm going to have um, eternal rewards for it's it. It's so
1: good because, you know, the claiters, <laughs> mm-hmm. we can't build churches on our own. Right. We can't build orphanages on our own. I wish I could. We can't do it on our own. <laughs> but when the claiters and the Smith and the Lopez's, when we all get together, then we can make things happen.
0: Right, right. All right. What else do we do? Look for giving opportunities. You know, many people look for receiving opportunities. Mm-hmm. They look and and it's almost like in some aspects, the church world to some is a place to come for handouts. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that we should steward the poor. Absolutely. I do believe that we widow. should take care of those who are in need, Orphan. the orphans, yep. the poor, the widow. But at the same time, Um, we also should have a majority of people that are not coming because they need a handout. They're trying to give somebody else a hand up. Mm -hmm. And so look for giving opportunities, not just receiving opportunities. Say, okay, is there, hey, what does the church need? What does this organization need? Um, What do people need that's in the church? And look for giving opportunities. Uh, Number nine would be become an expert in your field. Mm. Um, That's one way to be a good kingdom builder. Um. Just be, begin to get really good at what you do. Pick a field and become an expert in it.
1: Yeah. And you know what I found um, that, and I don't know, I was reading an article or something like that where a lot of people spend a lot of tra- time trying to get good at uh-huh. what they're not good at. Uh-huh. So they, they go to classes and they try to strengthen their weakness. Uh-huh. And the article was suggesting, don't do that. Why uh-huh. would you do that? Get better at what you're already good at because that's where the blessing is. That's where your talent is. That's where your natural gifting is. If you can educate yourself and add to that area, then you become the expert and you become that much more... I don't know, powerful.
0: Praise God. And last but not least, put God first in all you do, Matthew mm-hmm. six thirty three, And I think that's what we've try- tried to do, and that's what we will continue to do. Um, move God off um, the bottom of your budget to the top. Move God off the, um, the back burner to the front. Um, make Sundays important. Put God first in all you do, because the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. And so we just want to pray over those of you all who this bore witness with, mm. and you sense a call to be a kingdom builder. We just pray that witty ideas and inventions be yours, that the wealth of the wicked is being laid up for the just even right now, that your resume goes from the bottom to the top, mm. not just your resume, but God is increasing your business, increasing your territory, but also increasing your grace. Because many Many times when business and territory increases, warfare also increases. So you need another level of grace for his grace is sufficient. And I just pray right now that I open doors, that God closes the wrong doors, mm. but he opens the right doors and that your vine won't cast its fruit before the time in the field. I declare that you are anointed to prosper. You are anointed to build wealth. You are anointed to build mm. the kingdom of God in Jesus name. Amen. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today, please let us know. I know that we enjoyed bringing this to you. It's a passion of ours and um, hopefully it will be one of yours as well. Of course, every Thursday we released a new episode. If you're new to our show, make sure that you hit the subscribe button right now so so that you can be the first to get the content as it's released. We love to hear from you. Caring is sharing and sharing is caring. Please like, comment, share, and review. If it's good to you, let us know. Um, there's also an email address if you have any questions at all. We do do question and answer segments where we try to get real and raw with everyday real life questions. And of course, you can also find us on all kinds of different social mediums as well. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you are, we are as well. Just know that you're not doing life alone, that you're, that you're valuable, that you are um, appreciated, that you're loved by us. Amen. And we look forward to doing life with you again and again. Okay. And so until next time, thank you so much for joining Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We will see you soon. Peace.